this week, I think we're going to jump into the topic of centrism, kind of focusing around Andrew Yang and his recent, I don't know, just the weird messaging that he's been doing around his new forward party thing. Um, yeah. As you know, I, I mean, I interviewed Andrew Yang way back in the day. I was one of the original interviews. That's so uh, nice, man. Yeah, which is good. It was kind of cool. He he was like, you know, he'd been on Sam Harris's podcast and he was kind of like a known name a little bit in Silicon Valley. But I had a friend who like had a connection with him and was like, hey, do you want to interview Andrew? And I was like, sure, you know. <laughs> can I ask you, can I ask you first, what was your initial, because did you know about him before you interviewed him? Had you done any research on him or was it pretty like cold interview? I had, I mean, back back then, I listened to every episode Sam Harris released. So yeah, I, I heard him on Sam Harris's podcast. What was your initial impression of the man? Not not the policies and like the things he wanted to do, but what was your general felt sense of the guy himself? You know, he really did seem very authentic. He mm. just just friendly. I mean, I was approaching him as a journalist, so of course, like I'm going to get a kind of a rosy view of the guy. Um, but we talked off, quote unquote, off camera. It, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a video thing. It was, it was for a, um, you know, we, we talked on Skype, but it was, it was just for a, um, a written piece. But uh, like, even when, when he knew that I wasn't recording, I wasn't taking notes. Um, he was like fun to talk to. We talked about some shit that like, we talked about like Zoltan Istvan, um, the transhumanist guy. We talked yeah. about kind of goofy things like that. You know, which would have been fun to put in the interview, but genuinely really liked him. I, I also met him just a couple months ago in San Francisco at, at like an event for his uh, like his book release. You know, really great guy. Like I, I everything about him I really like, which is, I mean, partly why I kind of want to discuss him in that like I think his messaging has just been like terrible recently. Mm -hmm. It's it's been I, I like the guy. I mean it's not a comment on the guy. It's just like mm -hmm. his movement and the potential in general for third party stuff, for centrism stuff, for let's tone down the narrative of left and right stuff. All of it. You know, if if there was anyone who could conceivably get that messaging right, it seemed to me that it could be Andrew Yang. Right. And I think that he's doing it so wrong. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of curious. Have you <laughs> have you followed any of his uh, recent communications, like the CNN interview or anything like that? Yeah, I checked out the CNN interview. Uh, it was interesting because I I I didn't think it went as badly as people thought it did. I mean, I think mm -hmm. it was it's interesting how it was marketed because I saw a lot of headlines about it when it happened. And then I watched at least a, a, you know, a segment, like a five to 10 minute segment of the interview. I'm not sure exactly how long the long form was, but it was, uh, you know, all the headlines were like a catastrophe for Andrew right. Yang, like, you know, a fall from grace, you know? And I, um, I watched the interview and I, I thought, um, I thought the, the question, the way that the questioning was going wasn't particularly, uh, it wasn't particularly insightful and it was right. obviously like a hot seat interview where he was interviewing somebody that was aggressively, maybe not against what he was doing, but was doing that kind of like network television thing where he was being, uh, not charitable 
to, to be diplomatic, but like, you know, just doing that thing where it's like, well, what is it then? Well, what is it? Right. Well, 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 what is it that you said for that? And it's just like, hey, man, like, we're all used to listening to podcasts now. You know what I mean? Like, we're all used to an interview format that's like a little bit more, um, I don't know, expository, like a little bit more like, oh, well, if, if you're not feeling like you can take a stand on this, then like, well, what's going on with that? Right. And it's breathing seemed, room. And yeah. Yeah. It seemed like they really had an agenda to pin him to the wall that he didn't have specific talking points. Now, that being said, he didn't have any fucking specific talking points, which obviously bothered me a little bit. Well, he kept uh, repeating the same thing, which seemed yeah. like a calculated thing that someone had almost written for him of repeat yeah. this, repeat this. And it just didn't land correctly. It landed yeah. terribly. And um, I after that happened, uh, you know, I texted a friend of mine. Well, I mean, maybe just to, to give a literal like background anyone who might be listening and for some reason isn't aware of the thing um andrew gang has this thing called forward the forward party and like the what makes sense about it is that he wants to take a couple of high level ideas about changing the system of our politics rather than just Mm -hmm. like tweaking some the edges of some policies he wants Mm -hmm. to change the system kind of fundamentally um with uh you know, the, basically three different things. One is to promote ranked choice voting. The second is to have nonpartisan primaries. And the third is for independent redistricting commissions. All That's good ideas. Yeah. yeah, those are really good ideas, right? And his, his idea is to bring both Republicans and Democrats and independents, kind of bring everyone on board with the idea that you can have individual policy issues, you can be pro or against abortion, you can be, you know, for more immigration or not, but you have to want ranked choice voting, nonpartisan primaries, and independent redistrict, redistricting. Those things right. are non-negotiable. This is kind of what I understand. And so it's not about specific policies. That, I think, he simply did not articulate very well yeah, on a CNN interview yeah. or like on Twitter or any other platform yeah. where he's kind of doing messaging to the masses, you know? And so I've spoken to some kind of insiders, some people who used to work for his campaign and they, they get this messaging and they can repeat, you know, kind of by heart what this, like what I just said, um, yeah. how it, it kind of isn't about the issues and there's a way that that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. For some reason, I'm just kind of disappointed in, in like the, the 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 way he's turning off so many people because this is kind of mm-hmm. what I'm seeing by by not presenting that message. Um, I'm seeing that he's attracting a lot of Republicans onto the forward party, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people who don't necessarily care about issues, or maybe sure. the Republicans. I think they sneakily want to because this is what Republicans so often do. They say, "Oh yeah, <laughs> we're for everybody. We're not contentious," and then they sneak in the Supreme Court justices that overturn abortion. Color. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> There's so much about that with uh, the Republican folks, which is brilliant. It's very very smart. You know. <laughs> So I, I think that like like a lot of the criticisms are kind of true that I, th- I feel like his his new thing is being a little naive about it's it at best case scenario it's going to be a little bit of a you know third party spoiler it's also just probably not going to go anywhere um, yeah. I don't know what 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 is what is your take on all that I you know I. I didn't know that 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 was the three pillars of his movement, and those all make 
kind of irrefutable sense. Like you can't, those three things are things that are broken about the system that should absolutely change. The weird thing to me was that in the interview, maybe he's, I mean, he's, but he's, he's been in the political landscape for so long. You can't imagine he hasn't had a hostile interview. Um, The thing that I was kind of remarking on was he's, it seemed like he was hedging back to a playbook that is a lot more oriented around um, just the typical type of political speak that we see in this country that is now feeling very archaic, Mm -hmm. which is, well, we're trying to do this and we're, we're trying to do this and we're trying to do this and we're trying. And there's, there's this way of kind of like moving the chicken coop around the yard enough times that it never really touches something. And I wonder if, cause it was, I was craving him cause he was saying the thing that he kept saying was, well, we're trying to make, uh, we're trying to bring people together for common sense policy. Right. You know, like when it comes to a policy, we're trying to get the, the, the general common sense consensus. And I think what I was like lusting for was him to be like data backed yeah. or say something like that. But you know that you can't say that because there's so many people in this country right now where you say something like science backed or something like data backed and it puts you in a place. And so I, I feel in a political kind of spectrum and I'm, I, I was wondering, I'm like, oh, is he, is what, is he, does he have a list? of things that he can't say because it feels like it that statement itself feels too Republican or it yeah. feels too liberal. You know what I mean? Like it was, well, it was very obfuscated. Yeah, back, back in the day when he was on the Democratic ticket, he was so much more honest seeming because he would name policies and he would say, right. People want this. Like, like you know, look at the polling data. Everyone wants marijuana to be legalized. Right. Not everyone, but, like, the majority. And so that's an issue. He would name the thing, and, like, down the line, he was, like, Mr. Policy, Mr. Data-backed. And this is Data's the thing a that, dirty that word I, now. Yeah, it, it kind of is. But this is the thing that's just kind of disappointing about centrism in general, to maybe pivot into just, like, that conversation a little bit. Part of what's frustrating about centrism is that it's it's positioned as this like the 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 rational alternative to the left and right and it's it's a compromise and it's between the two right but right. if you look at what people want and if you look at what would actually make people happy um by like looking at other societies and what makes other people happy it's right. very radical left things i mean quote unquote radical it sure. is uh better healthcare like free single payer healthcare it is doing something about um, you know, the drug wars, just not having, okay. having people go to jail for not marijuana offenses. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, you know, there, there really are things that people actually do agree on, but they're not centrist. They're leftist right. policies. They really, really, truly are. And I, I like, I think that to say that you're a centrist and po- position yourself as like outside, you know, having biases or anything like that, it's, right. it's like a fantasy because a policy can be radically right or radically left, and that's yeah. by the data and by what people want. That's what it is. But to say you're always between the two things, that means you haven't really actually carefully thought about any issues. And it also, one more note about this, is that I feel like it it can very often have a false dichotomy about things that are reasonable or not. I mean, yeah. let's say we're talking about climate change. Uh, are you going to have like? Are you going to have 
you know, talk to somebody who's says climate change is human caused and blah, 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 blah. And that's like your, your leftist position and your right position is there's no such thing as climate change. It's a hoax. Right. It's not human caused. You're setting up a false dichotomy. One of those is like in the real world and rational. The other is, is nonsense. Um, or what if there's a, you know, the, 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 the right voice says that we shouldn't have minimum wage. And if you're 10 years old, you should be able to hold the job and work 50 hours a week. Why not free market? You know, uh, right. that's not a, that's not a position that anyone should take seriously. And to, you know, if that were to be the case to, to position that against a, a leftist view and let's meet in the middle where you have very minimal minimum wage and you can work when you're 14 or something like that's absurd so i i have a lot of problems with centrism in general even though i'm kind of drawn to it because i grew up republican and now i'm sure you know on the left uh i don't even really want to say i'm a democrat because i think that the democratic party is so beholden to big corporate interests yada 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 you know it's this stuff right. is <laughs> Well, I wonder if part of what people mean when they say centrist is that because I, 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 w I would be tempted to call myself a centrist because I kind of pick right. and choose policies from either side that feel rooted in reality to me. Like I'm in Montana right now. People have guns out here. People open carry out here in a certain way. Uh, and I guess this is arguable, especially from folks in cities. But, you know, folks in cities would say, oh, well, there's no reason to have guns. You just don't need them. And in the country, I don't know that that's 100% true because, you know, law enforcement sometimes is an hour and a half away or you've got wild animals, you've got coyotes, you've got bears, you've got all kinds of things that can threaten your life. Not to mention people that can threaten your life, which is totally. just as prevalent in the country as it is in the city. And so for me, I think, oh, well, yeah, no, I think guns are legit. You know, I think that, I mean, I personally am a gun owner. I support people's right to carry firearms. I, you know, that gets into a whole, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but then, you know, there's other things out here that I just can't agree with. And so when, when someone says centrism, I wonder if what they mean is I'm picking and choosing things from the left and the right, because is there really a, a is there really a, a center of a lot of these policies or policies? They're discrete by nature. Mm -hmm. It's this way or it's that way. We have, a, we have a legal system that makes laws and most laws for good reason don't have a gray area, you know, unless we're talking about fucking tax laws. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, people have to pick and choose the issues that they're interested in having set in stone and a, a part of our legal code. So I, do you think that's maybe something that, that maybe centrum is, or centrism is, is reaching for is kind of where I find myself, where I'm picking and choosing things based on, you know, what I see and where I'm at, or is it really people that are trying to make some kind of, I mean, look, man, there's an old story about a, about a king named Solomon. All right. And, and there's one baby and you can either split it in half and kill it oh, or right. give it to one person or another. There is no actual splitting of the baby that kills the baby. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to pick a side on issues. I don't know if that if you tally that up and then eventually that makes you a Republican or eventually that makes you a Democrat. That does seem kind of stupid to me. There should be something that people are able to identify with where they're they there's a broader perspective and they say, Well, I mean, some of this stuff, you know, like I can't get on board with banning abortion, but I can totally get on board with with owning guns, you mm -hmm. know, and does that make sense? I don't even know. Maybe I'm what, what's going on here. 
Yeah, in, in my mind, you know, I'm not exactly sure how like a political scientist would parse this, but in my mind, that's describing an independent, sure. which is, I think, different from centrism. There's this this kind of pejorative called the uh, the enlightened centrist. People make fun of the yeah. enlightened centrist, and these are kind of more the people I think that I'm talking about, where they are they're above the fray. There's partisan politics, but I'm above that. I'm I'm not biased like those people who watch CNN or those people who watch Fox News. I'm I'm above that. That I think is is just you're really probably not digging into issues. You probably don't know the issues very well, and two, you're kind of just like full of shit if you really think you're not a biased person that's kind of you've insane got art, you've got artisanal echo chambers yeah well you know what i, I want to throw another like just i don't know data point or something in here which is that i think that part of the problem is that people on the right were sympathetic to the republican party they're so into jumping on board with anything that's not policy related, but that's just culture war talking points. Whereas on the left, there's tons of culture war talking points, but it divides people. It doesn't bring them together. So we can be brought together on things like healthcare. We can't be brought together on things like Black Lives Matter or or anything that's, 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 Maybe that's not even the best example because that did bring people together quite a bit. But there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of woke gender stuff. Politics. Gender yeah. politics, yeah, and well, and yeah. just in general woke stuff that totally right. divides the left, completely divides the left. Where a lot right. of people on the the left side say, oh, if you don't fully support this particular gender gender ideology of the moment, then you're really a Republican. You know what I mean? There's there's so right. much of that type of thing. Right. And I think that there's there's something that also just the Democrats themselves as a political party need to figure that out and need to figure out how to message that because it does give fuel to nonsensical-ish third-party platforms if they're they're scaring people away by being by 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 just always knee-jerk signaling to the wokest of the woke far left radical yeah. mob who literally is just like 20 year olds in college you know because that's where a lot of that just lives and that's we're all kind of radical in our early 20s and i think that the democrats should just be more normie they really should i don't think they're gonna they're they're expected to be normie so don't message to don't say like say mother don't say pregnant person that sort of thing very basic things basic basic well i think it's it's interesting something that i noticed switching from california to montana is that the that you know there's a particular evil that's kind of endemic uh, to both sides. And I think on the left, one of the, the really difficult things is you've got a very educated, college educated, and I, you know, I, I use the word education in a kind of format, uh, formatted way where I'm talking about higher education and people who believe themselves to be uh, aware of what's going on in all places because they consume, you know, they've read a lot of books and, and they've, they've gone to college and they've, they've seen, you know, they, they like to think that they expose themselves to different types of media. And that creates uh, an echo chamber of its own where it's really hard to disabuse people of the idea that they know what's going on, kind of pan America. But mm-hmm. then it's the same, uh, it's the same kind of tapeworm on the right where you've got folks that are, mm, 
maybe not as educated, uh, like in the, in the, in the kind of higher education sense, smart, no doubt about it. Right. But that are also being marketed this idea that they understand what's going on in, uh, you know, in a, in a countrywide way. And what I find switching back and forth between the two places is that even some of the people who, when I'm in California, I would consider to be very perspective have zero relationship to what it is like to live in a rural state in a rural yeah. place and to deal with rural issues and the same is true for the right like you see this mm-hmm. the you know the huge backlash against black lives matter i'm like there were so many people you know here in montana that were that were up in arms there's two black people in this town Right. And I'm right. I'm not being yeah. I'm not like exaggerating. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And and they have just zero relationality. And I and I wonder if one of the things that's causing people to split apart so much and causing other people to maybe try to gravitate towards something that's more reasonable is that people are being marketed this idea that they know what's going on. And it's it's amazing to me. I mean, I remember the first time I came out to Montana, it was during the Trump presidency, and I was I was kind of shocked because Trump was portrayed in such a positive light out here where it, it was he was so demonized in California. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you come out here and you realize like, ah, oh, well, any president, no matter how far one way or the other they lean, does good things for certain people. And you just don't hear that in California. And then it mm-hmm. creates this facsimile of a person that you're able to, you know, it creates this straw man that you're able to just completely destroy in your mind. It doesn't create a person that you can hate holistically. You know what I mean? And out here, it was, you know, obviously the echo chamber of of Trump and his presidency, and people were so enamored with the things that maybe he did do. There was no awareness of the criminality and the, mm-hmm. the kind of, you know, the, the things that you're being marketed in California, there was none of it. None of that messaging was out here. And so it, it makes sense to me that certain people are experiencing this emotional fatigue and maybe they don't know how to name it or maybe they don't know, you know, you obviously got someone like Andrew Yang kind of seeing it in the culture. And so, oh, you know, I can see that people are being marketed this totally different set of facts. And it is, it's not just, uh, it's not just that um, people here, you know, in Republican country are living in a world where they're only hearing lies. No, 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 they're hearing facts, but they're just hearing facts that slant towards where they want to hear those facts. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, it's the same. And I don't know, uh, I don't know what the answer is to that because it really boils down to a news media situation where you've got this very intelligent psychological marketing happening that mm-hmm. is targeting certain groups. Now, I, the, the thing I will mention before I close my soapbox rant on, on you know, the divide is that the left does need to have a more solid idea of what they are and what they want and to be stable in that. And that's something that Republicans have as a tenet of their kind of core nature. You know, again, small towns, you congregate around being socially connected to the people that you care about. Maybe you put a couple of the beliefs that you really believe into the side so that you don't get an argument with your neighbor because that guy is actually more important to you than a political system. And there's a rally mentality and people can can gather themselves around ideas that maybe they're not 100% on, but everybody else is. So you know what? It's more important to be a part of the group. And then you've got 
people on the left where it's just a total scattershot diversion a dis- dispersion of ideas that people are trying to hold on to. And as soon as there's, like you said, you know, as soon as somebody comes into the conversation saying, I want to be seen, people are like, oh, well, that's, we're the party of being seen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but there's all kinds of wacky people out there. There's a lot of people that want to be seen for reasonable stuff. And there's people that take that to an extreme, you know, and it's, it's a shame that it separates on that line. Well, let me ask you a quick question that's that's relevant to that. In my mind, the left, the Democrats have a ton of problems, but they're not as as kind of fundamental. In my mind, this this I'm, I'm asking this because I live in the you know, urban area and I, sure. I don't see the the other side of it necessarily. Is the right as broken as it seems in terms of there's the Trumpist right and then there's the Liz Cheney types who are yeah, or the, yeah. the David Frum types who are like Republican, but the rhinos, you know, Republican in name, as Trump calls them. Is that a real thing? Do you sense a lot of animosity between those two types of right folks or is that partly made up by the media? No, it's there. It's definitely mm-hmm. there. I wouldn't say there's an animosity because, again, I think that when people are in a small place, they need to gather around a common set of shared ideas, and that's a little bit more important to this. The social fabric is more important than the political fabric. What does um, the what does a Trumpist think of Liz Cheney? Do you, do you have any any read on that? I have no read. Oh, dude, Trumpism is is a is a guttural, visceral experience, right? Like <laughs> right. it's it's uh, it's it's folks who need. It, who need daddy, you know, they need yeah. daddy to tell them what's what's going on. And they don't feel particularly compelled to parse out the issues for themselves, which on one hand, it's a lot harder to do that than it's ever been. You have to sift through a lot of stuff to find the truth. And a lot of people just aren't equipped for that. They're equipped for an era where there was three fucking TV stations mm-hmm. and they're used to being spoon fed a narrative and they they like that and that's and it again the political fabric being uh separate from the social fabric it's easier i think for people to compartmentalize that stuff out here and say whatever daddy says he's dead you know <laughs> and 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 i think you know it goes with the social fabric in a certain way too because i see that all the time i mean not just here that happens at home too but you know where there's a you know i'm the father and i'm the leader and i tell you what's good and what's bad and you listen and it's an authoritarian, you know, sensibility. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is a lot of animosity, but I don't think it's particularly directed at anyone other than who it's told to be directed. It's not self-directed animosity. They're not, they're not like, you know, looking into Liz Cheney's politics or anything like that. They're reading headlines. Mm-hmm. They're reading shared Facebook articles and they're allowing themselves to be emotionally activated by it. Wow. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to wrap that up for the Andrew Yang centrism politics okay. talk. And uh, yeah. we'll come back to, to maybe some, some more cultural, psychological, philosophical things next week. But nice. great talks, Devin. I think that that was really interesting. And I do enjoy always hearing that perspective from the uh, from the rural American out there in Montana. It's always fascinating. Out here, I'm, I'm Tom Papa <laughs> America. Yeah, let me just add the real America, the real America, the the real real America. (laughs) Let me let me just add my closing note, which is this. 
if you are a person that fancies yourself very aware of what's going on in the country, you need to go somewhere else. Oh, because totally agree. One, Absolutely. You, you need to go visit somewhere else or if you can embed yourself in somewhere that's, that's radically different from where you are. You are not. And, and this is coming from a person that lived in California most of my life and considers my, I'm an educated person, right? You know, I like read a lot of books, blah, blah, blah. I'm a liberal, you know? And I, before I came out here, I had a, I thought I had a pretty good perspective on what it was like to live in America. And I didn't. And there's a lot of things that you just can't understand until you switch gears. You have to be able to, and until then, it has to be the same kind of cultural relativist conversation that we have around, this is not a great, uh, not a great comparison to draw, but I'm gonna draw it anyways where you know we're very much told rightfully so that we shouldn't speak on the lives of black people we should let black people speak for themselves even as much as like as an educated white person you want to believe you know the struggle you know what it's like oh i've seen the videos i know what i've I've read a lot about slavery this and that and this and that but you just don't know you can't have a perspective on something that you don't live and when you live in a place that's very clustered around a certain political ideology, I promise you, you're getting a lot of propaganda. You're getting a lot of propaganda. And that goes for folks on the right and that goes for folks on the left. And until you can have an experience where you travel through this country and stay with people that think differently than you, you can't speak on it. You can think about it and you can try to, you know, do the mental gymnastic in your mind of, you know, coming up with an opinion that seems reasonable, but you have to hold yourself back at that fence and say, okay, but this is just what seems reasonable given the information I have. That is the epidemic on both sides. You don't know what's going on on the other side. You can listen, and if you can get there and you can go back and forth, you can start to have somewhat of a perspective. But until you do that, you just have to hold yourself to to the uh, to the metaphorical realm, you know, and have the proper amount of respect that your opinions are just opinions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's and that's the facts. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very true. And I mean, just one anecdote to, that I'll, I'll close out with is it's interesting to me. I remember. Uh, about this time last year, I was living in San Francisco and I was sitting on a bench in Dolores Park reading a book. Nice day, you know? And uh, this dad and his son sit down next to me and they had this super, you know, intense Southern accent. Sure. And I had never heard that before in San Francisco. And yeah. I, you know, my, my knee-jerk reaction was like, oh my God, they must like hate this place. They must hate everyone right. here. They you know, and then I just kind of reflected on it, thought how like funny and naive that even was, because who knows, right. you know, who like that right. says nothing about them, really. That's like right. one data point about these people. And that's it literally means nothing. And I had to just kind of laugh about it and be like, you know what, this, the whole thing is so, so silly that I would even assume that. And anyway, it was it's fascinating. It's just an interesting you know thing. The, the biases that are so deeply ingrained in us in these regards. The there's country of, versus the the south, of, north, or east, west. around here. <laughs> right. And they're cool as fuck. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. There's some cool fucking guys out there. <laughs> <laughs>